gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome back to my two cents podcast episode 51 which is entitled so this is what we're doing um my name is gerald garrett aka g2 i am the host of this podcast and before i get into any topics of today i just want to uh give you the national food days of the week today december 5th is comfort food day tomorrow december 6th gazpacho day and also microwave oven day december 7th cotton candy day and also um Fairy Floss Day, that's in Great Britain. December 8th, Brownie Day. December 9th, Pastry Day. December 10th, Lager Day. December the 11th, Have a Bagel Day. And uh, that'll be it for this week of uh, National Food Days of the Week. Um, I'm talking like this because I got to give you two our, uh, rest in peace today. Um, I have to talk about uh, Jacqueline Avant who was the wife of music, legendary uh, music producer himself, um, Clarence Avant, and she died on a Wednesday because of an idiot coming into their house and trying to do a robbery, but he ended up shooting Miss uh, Avant. Um, she was 81, while the alleged idiot, Ariel Maynard, was 29, and he was arrested Thursday. Uh, announced from the police, and this comes from the New York Post. The man suspected of murdering musical legend Clarence Avance, Avance's wife at her Beverly Hills uh, home was arrested after he shot himself in the foot in a botched robbery at a separate home. Police announced Thursday. As it emerged, he was also out on parole at the time. Uh, Ariel Maynard, 29, who was an extensive criminal, who has an extensive criminal past, was found in a backyard of a different Beverly Hills residence with the wound shortly after he allegedly killed Jacqueline Avant. Beverly Hills Police Department officials said, cops said the gun wound to his foot was accidentally self-inflicted during an attempted burglary. Beverly Hills Police Chief Mark Stanbrook told reporters on Thursday that Maynard had been out on parole at the time of the slaying and had a long rap sheet. In November of 2013, he pled guilty to a robbery charge and was sentenced to five years in prison, according to California Supreme Court records. On July 29, 2013, he pleaded no contest to a domestic violence incident. He was sentenced to probation for 36 months and was ordered to take domestic violence classes for that case. He was also convicted of felony grand theft and sentenced to, well, and sentenced on June 30th, 2010, to 20 days in LA County Jail and three years of Formal, uh, formal probation. They just gave you a whole rap sheet of what this man got. And um, the point being is that this man went into this person's house and you tried to burglarize this house, okay? Tried and you killed someone. And they also said that he acted alone, so he had no partner. Uh, let me make this perfectly clear to everybody here. If you are going to rob somebody, one, don't do it. I do not suggest you doing it at all. Don't do it, all right? Because things can always go awry. You can always shoot somebody. You can always 
get killed yourself because you don't know who you're robbing. You don't know whatever type of uh, ammunition or whatever they have. So don't rob nobody. It doesn't make sense because you're either going to kill yourself, as I said before, because you're going to end up messing around with the wrong one. You're going to kill somebody else, and that isn't even your intended idea. You're just there to try to take some things. So don't rob nobody. This woman's death did not need to happen at all. So I wanted to put my prayers out there to the Avant family as they're going to have to uh, deal with this. And more or less, they're going to be at the case whenever this man has his trial. And I don't know how somebody could kill somebody in a burglary. I don't know how somebody could kill somebody if they didn't do something to you first. That's just me. If somebody were to do something to me, we got a problem. And then you know the rest of the deal here. Then I can easily understand how somebody can do something for vengeance. I can understand it. But this, a simple burglary, I, can't, I can never wrap my hand around it. I can't do that. And the second uh, rest in peace I have to talk about is uh, designer Virgil Abloh. Or if I'm saying his last name wrong, I'm completely sorry there. Uh, Virgil was a black designer who um, worked in Louis Vuitton. He helped out. He was the assist, uh, artistic director of Louis Vuitton menswear. Um, and also the founder of his own brand, Off-White. Let me just make this clear here, too. I'm not a man that knows about fashion. I don't. Once I see a pair of shoes that probably cost $200 or $300, I'm not even, not that's out of my uh, situation. I don't care for clothes. I go to Goodwill and I buy clothing, and that's just my whole deal. I'm not even going to spend $100 worth on shoes, because shoes are just something that you walk, put your feet on and walk on. If I get holes in my shoes, I ask whenever I will replace them. But until then... You're going to see me rock around the exact same pair of shoes, dog. I'm never ever a guy that cares about clothing. But whenever you hear about a black man in fashion design and he reached the highest of heights like a Louis Vuitton uh, reputable in a high market um, clothing fashion house, and you hear about all these celebrities that wanted to work with him, whether it be NBA stars, NFL uh, stars, um, people in the music game, whether it be... Uh, Griselda or uh, Kanye West or Drake or whoever the case may be and people in the entertainment business that will wear his clothing, you know you made it because that's what you're supposed to do as a fashion uh, designer. You want everybody to want to wear your stuff and when they do that, they will solidify you and put you in that higher echelon and that's what Virgil did. Virgil died at the age of 41 um, to a real real rare version of cancer and the cancer that he kind of had had something to do with his heart and it was um a cardiac uh scarcomas or most commonly often a type of scarcoma and the point is that uh it occurs in the upper right chamber of the heart the tumor blocks blood flow in and out of the chamber this blockage may cause symptoms like chest pain and swelling of the feet legs ankles or belly, and I looked it up, and the survival rate for this is whenever, like, whenever people are doing medical theory therapy alone, 90% of the uh, patients have been dead within 9 to 12 months. He's been dealing with this from what I'm seeing off of the um, New York Times um, uh, report. He's been dealing with this for a solid, what, couple years? Uh, two or three years and it's just remarkable to me how somebody can be dealing with cancer 
and you don't know none about it, usually in this day and time that we're in, we hear about somebody having cancer. It's always known that, hey, this guy has cancer uh, or this woman or somebody else has cancer. And we usually try to surround this person, try to find out how we how they can uh, get this cancer out of their body or something. But that's not always the case. I'm trying to really find the words here for cancer here because, listen, cancer is a monster. Cancer has nothing to play with. Cancer is will take anybody out. It doesn't care what your religion is. It doesn't care what your race is. It doesn't care who you are leaving behind. When you have cancer, dog, you, you better start counting your days. You can go get, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, chemotherapy. You can get that. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it don't. Not all the times it's going to work. But you got to start living your days out. And also you got to start making amends to people that you probably have crossed in your time on this earth. Because you want to at least leave on this, leave out on this earth with at least a good reputation. At least with something to, for people to follow you and say, you know what? I might not have always agreed with him, but he was at least a good person to me. He was a good person to my people. He was a good person to just humanity. And everybody that came out and said something about Virgil, people were saying that he was a great fashion designer. He was a great man. He, You have people uh, throwing out their text threads that they had with Virgil. And it was nothing but positivity. So I'm just looking at this and I'm just questioning things. Again, I've said it on past episodes before. Um, you got to know when you don't know when your time is going to leave out of here. We don't know what's out for us after we leave out of here. Certain people aren't afraid to go out. Me, I'm afraid to go out and I don't know what's happening. I don't know. And it's just a weird deal to know you have cancer and you're just counting your days until you're being ultimately taken out by this monster of a disease, a monster of a situation. It's so... It's so disheartening. And for Virgil to be leaving behind a wife and two children is just... It's it's hard for me. It's hard for me to think about it. It's hard for me to uh it just it's it's just hard, all right? I didn't even know the man. It's just that whenever you hear things and you see things, you see the stuff that he designed, which to me looks real, real uh basic in certain aspects, but people are saying it's revolutionary. So hey, I again I always had to put a disclaimer, I'm not a fashion guy, so I wouldn't know what to look for in a fashion piece. But what Virgil did, he was really, real revolutionary. So I'm not going to crap on the man for that. I can't crap on the man for none of his designs. But just for him to be going out at 41, where he hasn't even hit his prime. As a matter of fact, 41 is when you're just starting to hit your prime in certain aspects of life. And you haven't even hit your midlife crisis yet, which he was about to hit in another nine years at the age of 50, because that's when you hit your midlife crisis. This man was literally on top of the world and his world came crashing down. And now he's out of here. So, ladies and gentlemen, if there's one thing you take away from Virgil leaving this earth and knowing from what I've been telling, saying to you right now is that leave with a good reputation because you don't know when you're going to be taken out of here. If you have a disease like cancer, you know that you're going to be leaving this earth. Try to do as best, try to do what you can to be a good human being, be a good person to the, lo- to the ones that you love. Just start spreading 
positivity, no negativity. Anybody that tries to feed you negativity, you got to throw it them to the left because you only have a short amount of window on this earth and on this planet that we are on. So again, rest in peace to Virgil, rest in peace to a Jacqueline Avent. I um, send my prayers out to both families. I send my prayers out to people that knew both of these individuals because again, both of these deaths, one death could have been avoided because nobody needed to burglarize the Avant's home. That's one. The other death, it was basically inevitable because he had cancer and there was this was a rare form that he that uh he couldn't stop. So I just want to put my uh well condolences to both families and um again rest in peace to both families. Before I get into like another heavy topic. I want to give you guys an update on the Kevin Strickland, the man that was uh, released from prison that I talked about last year that spent 43 years in there and that he won't get a single penny from the Missouri uh, state. Uh, I told you last week that he got in his GoFundMe, they raised up $1.4 million. Apparently, it went up more now and he got $1.6 million. So it only went up 200000 more. So again... Uh, if you can, continue to support this GoFundMe, if you can. I'm not saying that you everybody can. Some people might say, Jared, that's $1.6 million. How much more do you need to support? This man was in jail for 43 years and still not going to receive a dime from uh, the Michigan court or Michigan state. So, again, if you can, support a $5 or $1. Hey, do what your heart wants to give out. But if you can't support, do that. Okay? Um, I want to put a disclaimer out here. Because what I'm about to talk about is a very, very uh, deep and real layered subject. And I don't want people to think that I'm trying to make people upset. I'm trying to be uh, controversial. I'm not. I just want to throw out some ideas and some theories to you about this one particular topic here. So, again, this is a disclaimer. If you don't want to hear what I have to say about this, go to the description and go to the next topic after this. Because, again, the views of what I'm about to say are of G2, nobody else. This is all on me. So you have been fully warned. Um, I want to talk about the Oxford school shooting. And I have a, I have a, I have a lot of ideas and a lot of uh, questions about it. Um, if you don't know, um, there was a school shooting that happened this week at a um, school in Michigan. Uh, Oxford High School, and the school shooter's name was Ethan Crumbly, and he killed four individuals, two girls and two boys, and um, it's been information coming out daily, okay, and the latest information is that they got the kid, he's going to be charged with four counts of, in four counts of murder, and now they have this parents and now they're going to be charging the parents with four counts of involuntary uh manslaughter and there's a couple questions i have to ask here the first question i would like to ask is who bothered this child and people might say gerald don't do this i have to i have to ask this question because there is not a sane person on this planet that's gonna say you know what i'm gonna get up Today, I'm going to take a gun and I'm going to go to my place of business or my 
place of getting an education. I'm just going to start unloading on people. People might say, well, Joe, there's been certain cases and certain instances. I'm not talking about those rarities. This one it just feels different to me. This one feels like one that we should have really just questioned the people in question and really dig deep as that whole community, that whole school system should have sat down and really questioned. Because let me throw this out to you, okay? Because CNN talked about it, and I got um, a photo here that I'm looking at right now. It gives you a timeline of the actual school shooting, okay? On November 26th, the father purchased the gun for the child for his Christmas gift, all right? November 27th, the mother and the son took the gun out and they went to a shooting range and they sent out an Instagram photo of uh, someone holding, well, the gun inside the gun case and it said mother and son at uh, target range or target practice, whatever the case may be, they're learning how to use the gun safely, all right? November 29th, the teacher observes Ethan searching online for ammunition, and she contacts the parents with no reply from an email or phone call, right? The very next day, Ethan's teacher sees a note on his desk which alarms her to the point that she has to contact the parents again. And this time, the parents actually come up to the school. The note contained a drawing of a semi-automatic handgun pointing at the words, the thoughts won't stop. Help me. And in another part of the drawing on the note is a drawing of a bullet with the following words above the bullet, blood everywhere. And between the drawing of the gun and the bullet is the drawing of a person who appears to have been shot twice and bleeding. And below that figure is the drawing of a laughing emoji. And below that is in the words of, my life is useless. And to the right of those words are, the world is dead. Okay, that's what the note said, all right? The teacher sees it, calls up the parents. The parents come up and to the schoolhouse. And they have a meeting, okay? The parents, the son, and I believe either the principal, the guidance counselor, or even the teacher, maybe. Who knows? But they have a meeting up there. The parents are informed of what the note is saying, and they say, leave my son in the schoolhouse. Unbeknownst to the people in the schoolhouse, the son, in his book bag, has the gun. And, and when he goes back, to the school, well, to his classroom. Sometimes later, he starts shooting up the school. Four people are dead now. Now, it gets reported that the mother is, the mother gets alerted and the father gets alerted that there's a school shooter going around at the school. And the mother texts the son saying, don't do it. And then they say that the father called up the police department and say there is an active gun, there's an active shooter at the school, and apparently that might be my son. So the father gave notice to the school. Well, not the school, but the police department, right? And as you could tell, the son has been taken into custody. He's going to be awaiting trial for the murders and killings of these four individuals. 
And now the parents were first, they were not alerted, but they were out for their arrest because the prosecutor for the prosecution has said that, you know what, we're going to charge the parents with involuntary manslaughter. So they put a report out there and the parents are out there, but apparently not. The parents called up and say that the parents had a lawyer called up and say, hey, they're not fleeing nothing. They have to get their finance together before they turn themselves in, but they're going to turn themselves in. So Saturday, the parents turned themselves in, they got arraigned, and they're now have a bond set for $500,000 each. So basically together, a million dollars for both uh, individuals, which again, you only got to pay 10% of your bond. So together, they got to pay $100,000. If you just want to get the father out, you got to pay $50,000, all right? I have, a, I have a question. It falls back to it. Who upset the kid? Again, I got to ask that question first and foremost. Here's my first thought. No, no sane human being is going to get out their bed, again, go and grab a gun and go and shoot up their place of work or their place of where they're going to get his education. No sane person does that. There has to be somebody either bothering him, he has some deep-rooted mental issues, something along those lines. And more or less, every time whenever we see a school shooting goes down, they always say the kid was bullied or he had uh, family issues at the home. It's always one of those two. It never ceases to fail. So which one happened? Did somebody bully him at the school? Or did he have bad family issues? All right? That's just one question off top. Second question is, why did the parents not take that kid home? At that meeting, the parents were told what they found on the note. They got told about what their kids searched up the day before about searching for ammunition. As a matter of fact, the parent texted the son a couple hours after being alerted about, hey, your son got found uh, searching ammunition. She texted the son to say, LOL, you got to learn not to get caught. So the mother already knew. So if the mother knew, you knew the father knew because couples, mothers and fathers, some of them, well, a good majority of them don't. Well, no, I got to reverse that. Some of them don't hide things from each other. So I'm having a feeling that this couple in particular, the mother told the father about what the son uh, searched up about ammunition. There's just my allegedly, allegedly she told him. So I got to say that alleged. Um, why didn't the parents take the son out with them? There's no way of why you don't take your son with you after uh, hearing this and after hearing that, hey, yo, you, your son wrote this on a note talking about, help me, the world is dead, there's a gun there, and yada, yada, yada. My life is useless. There's no way, as a parent, you don't grab your kid and start talking to them. This is not one of those moments that say, hey, we'll take care of this when we get home. This isn't one of those. This is, no, we're taking you somewhere right now so we can have a conversation, so we can talk. This is going to be a long arduous process, but it's one that has to be done, okay? But that's ideology, Joe. That's not reality. Reality is the mother or father might be working. They might have a job. They have to get back to their job. They can't take their son. So, Joe, they might keep their kid at the school. Okay, let's roll with the second one, the one that actually did happen. They left the kid at the school. My third thought is, why did the school decide to leave the child inside the classroom? 
Why? Why did they send the kid back to the classroom instead of keeping him in the office? Okay? Even the Oakland County's sheriff said on Friday that he believed that there was enough reason for Oxville High School officials to contact police about the suspected shooter's concerning behavior before the deadly accident. And that's the county sheriff, a police officer, telling you that they that he felt that there was enough reason for the school to contact the police, but they didn't. They contacted the parents, and the parents did nothing, but they sent the kid back to the school, back inside the classroom, all right? And I just wanted to read you a letter that the school sent out to everybody, okay? And the red letter reads like this. Dear Wildcat Nation, we would like to express our continued grief and anguish at the tragic events of the past week. The shooting at Oxford High School has tested the resolve of our students, family, and staff like never before. A Wildcat community has never been shaken to its core in our hearts or with the families impacted by this unthinkable tragedy and those still recovering from their injuries. Please keep the victims and families in your thoughts and prayers. When this unthinkable tragedy unfolded on the afternoon on November 30th, our staff and students acted swiftly and heroically, which undoubtedly prevented additional deaths and additional injuries by implementing our district's detailed emergency protocols and procedures. We cannot thank our students and staff enough for their quick and decisive action and their bravery. We also immensely thankful for the first responders who responded quickly and literally ran into harm's way to prevent even more dead lives from being lost. As many of you know, the first shots were fired during passing time between classes when hundreds of students were in the hallway transitioning from one classroom to another. Before the shooter was able to walk a short distance to enter the main hallway, students and staff have already entered classrooms, locked doors, erect makeshift barriers, and locked down or fled according to their training. The suspect was not able, was not able to gain access to a single classroom. We have asked an independent security consultant to review all district safety practices and procedures. An, intent, an initial review, including review of videotaped evidence shown staff and students' response to the shooter was effective, exemplary, and definitively prevented further deaths and injuries. In response to families' concerns, we have also began the process of reviewing attendance records prior to this event, as well as collecting and reviewing any and all communications that this district may have received. At this time, we agree with the Sheriff County uh, Sheriff's Office assessments that previous incidents, including those addressed in the November 12th communications to the families, are unrelated to the events of November 30th. Following yesterday's press conference by the Oakland County Prosecutor, many of our parents have un understandably been asking for the school's version of events leading up to the shootings. It's critical, important to the victims, our staff, and our entire community that a full and transparent accounting be made. To that end, I've asked for the third-party investigation be conducted so we leave no stones unturned, including any and all interaction the student had with staff and students, because that may take time. We wanted to provide some additional specific information about the events that transpired. On November 29th, the student was discovered by a teacher to be viewing images of bullets on his cell phone during class. The students, the suspect met with a counselor and another staff member and indicated he, he and his mother recently went to the shooting range and that shooting sports are a family hobby. Consistent with our school policies and procedures, 
The school attempted to make contact with the school with the student's mother to discuss the incident, but did not intentionally hear back. The next day, the parents confirmed his account. On the morning of November 30th, a teacher observed concerning drawings and written statements that have been detailed in media reports, which the teacher reported to school counselors and the dean of students. The student was immediately removed from the classroom and brought to the guidance counselor's office, where he claimed the drawing was part of a video game he was designing and informed counselors that he planned to pursue video game design as a career. The student's parents were also called in. Because it was difficult to reach the parents, the student remained in the office for an hour and a half while counselors continued to observe, analyze, and speak with the student. While waiting for his parents to arrive, the student verbalized his concern he would be missing homework assignments and requested his science homework, which he then worked on while in the office. At no time did counselors believe that the student might harm others based on his behavior, response, and demeanor, which appeared calm. In addition, despite media reports, whether or not the gun was in his backpack has not been confirmed by law enforcement to our knowledge, nor our investigation at this time. While both of his parents were present, counselors asked specific probing questions regarding the potential for self-harm or harm to others. His answers, which were affirmed by his parents during the, in, during the interview, led counselors to again conclude he did not intend on committing either self-harm or harm to others. The student's parents never advised the student the school district that he had direct access to a firearm or that he had recently purchased a firearm for himself. Counseling was recommended for him and his parents for him and his parents were notified that he had 48 hours to seek counseling for their child or the school would contact child protective services. When the parents were asked to take their son home for the day, they flatly refused and left without their child, apparently to return to work. Given the fact that the child had no prior disciplinary infraction, the decision was made he would be returned to the classroom rather than sent home to an empty house. These incidents remained at the guidance counselor's level and were never elevated to the principal or assistant principal's office. While we understand this decision has caused anger, confusion, and prompted understandable questioning, the counselors made a judgment based on their professional training and clinical experience and did not have all the facts we now know. Our counselors are deeply committed, long-standing school members who have dedicated their lives to supporting students and addressing student medical well, mental health and behavioral issues. Again, I have personally asked for a third-party review of the events of the past week because of our community and our families deserve a full, transparent according, well, accounting of what occurred. We also plan to make regular updates to our families and communities, train men, mental health professionals and grief counselors with experience in coping with student tragedies are available for anyone who needs the support at this difficult time. Information about counseling is available on the district's websites. We have been asked by some parents regarding our plans for continuing our children's learning and education in the wake of the tragedy. We have already began to discuss the appropriate path and timeline with trained grief counselors, security experts, well, safety experts, law enforcement, our school employees, and our families on the best way to help our community grieve, process, be together, and continue our education. Thank you again for our outpouring of love and support for our Wildcat families during this incredibly difficult time. The unparalleled support for our community and our neighboring communities gives us hope that we can and will preserve and emerge stronger. Please continue to pray for the victims and their families, the injured, and the pray, and pray for the strength to carry on in these days ahead. 
Okay, I know I just threw out a lot of information, all right? I knew I just did. But here's what I want you guys to understand here. They say that they're going to contact a third-party investigator, all right? A third-party investigator means he has no favoritism to one side or the other. They're just there to get the strict truth. And in this email, you can tell that they're going to place strict blame onto the guidance counselor, period. So the guidance counselor is going to take blame. It didn't hit up to the office of the principal or the assistant principal in this letter of what I just wrote to you. So they're going to automatically throw the guidance counselor under the bus, all right? They say that the kid was, quote-unquote, had uh, this, and he was making it to say that he was going to make a video game because he wanted to study and have a video game design as a career later, okay? I have a strong, strong problem with that, all right? I know what I'm about to say is completely, people want to say, Joe, you're going for it again, but I got to do it. I got to do it. This student suspect, this shooter was a white kid. I and everybody else on this planet know that that damn excuse wouldn't have worked if it was a black, a Spanish, an Asian or anybody else, but somehow a white kid can say that he was going to make a video game, and he wanted to be a video game uh, <laughs> designer, and they said, you know what, yeah, we're still going to call your parents here, and we're going to have you sit in the office, and then we're going to send you back, because your parents don't want to uh, take you home, N no, 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 you follow by the damn rules, there's no way on God's green, there's no way you're going to make me believe that you would have seen that from another person of a different race. And you would have said, hey, yo, we're going to send you back to the classroom. There's no way on God you're going to tell me that. There's no way. You would have had that kid sat in that office all day because I've seen it. I have seen kids get taken out of classrooms for less and sat in the office because their parent could have been there. I have seen it because there's been times I had to go to the office and do something for a teacher and I see somebody just sitting there. And then whenever we have to actually move out of classrooms during the bell period to go to another classroom, well, I'll walk by the office and that kid still be sitting there. And then whenever the school's done with and it's time for me to go either whenever I was either time for me to drive to go home or either I was getting picked up by my parent and I drove by, walk by the office, guess who was still in that office? That exact same kid. And he got up and it was time for him to go. I have seen that. That's not me being a fairy tale. That's not me just lying to you. No, I have personally seen it. And guess what color he was? He damn sure wasn't white. He was black. I've seen a kid sit in the schoolhouse for that. So you mean to tell me that you guys follow school procedure? You had a police officer say Friday that the school had enough to warrant a police call in Guess what? The police would have handled that. But the school, because they saw the skin color, decided to keep the kid at the school. People are going to say, Gerald, you're making this a race thing again. How could I not make this a race thing right now? There are four kids dead, all white, by the way, dead and killed by a white kid. This would have been a black kid. This nigga would have went home. They would have sent this kid home. As a matter of fact, they would have called a police officer and they would have had that nigga arrested and detained. Are you kidding me? 
We've seen kids get detained for less for a fight in school. A kid get arrested and go off to juvie. This nigga would wrote down on his paper, yo, my life is meaningless. Help me. The world is dead. Something of that parameter. And you mean to tell me that you guys found it in your heart of hearts to keep him in the schoolhouse because his parents said that, yo, keep him here? Nah, nah, nah. That wouldn't even... Let me just erase all that. Let me tell you exactly what it went down. The first day, just searching ammunition. And if you would have saw how the kid looked, I can guarantee you he didn't look clean cut. He didn't look like a person. He didn't look like a kid that came from a, at least an I family. I guarantee you the kid probably looked at slummy, dirty. That's usually always the indicator for something. So I guarantee you the kid probably looked slummy and dirty. He got and he looked up ammunition and the students in the school the teacher at the time calls up and say hey yo this kid looks messed up this kid uh is searching up ammunition parents don't pay attention hours later the mother texts the kid lol you gotta learn how not to get caught the next day all hell breaks loose kids are dead kids are dead Reverse that off into a black kid or a Hispanic kid or an Asian kid or somebody else is not white or even a Middle Eastern kid coming to school looking dirty, looking bummy, search up ammunition. Damn it, that one day would have got that kid suspended. Are you kidding me? If they just feel, if they feel that you are a threat, there are immediately trigger warnings and red flags off the wazoo. And they would have had him or her in the guidance counselor, at a police uh, station, or even in the principal's office, talking and making you explain yourself for searching up ammunition. They would have had that kid explain that. And if they didn't like your explanation, guess what? You would have got a call from school. You would have got some suspension. You would have got something off rip, just off of looking up ammunition. Okay? That's one. Two. Let's say you don't get suspended. Let's say they just talk to you and they just want to see what you're doing. Okay, let's follow up with the next day. Still, black kid, Hispanic kid, Middle Eastern, uh, Oriental kid. Still looking dusty, still looking dirty, because I guarantee you this is exactly what that kid looked like. Guarantee you, I'm not even trying to play you guys in the mindset. I guarantee you that's exactly what the kid looked like. Has a note has everything said exactly what verb for word, bar for bar on that paper. That kid would have sat there, took us, right in that office all day if their parent couldn't have took them home. As a matter of fact, that kid wouldn't have even gotten to the office. That kid would have gotten to the office and waited until the police officer comes there and grab him up and take him down to the police station. And then guess what? The police station, the kid would have sat there, and then guess what would have happened? The parent would have had to come there and pick up their kid from the police station. There's no way you mean to tell me that that kid would have been sitting there in that office all day, especially writing that? Nah. So that's just my deal off of that. If it was a different orientation, a different ethnicity, that kid would have damn sure would have not have even made it to the point of going back to this, going back to that freaking classroom and being able to do what he did. So that's out the window right there. That was none but white privilege right there. And people want to say, Gerald, you're going white privilege again. It is what it is. You can hate it. You can try to deny it. But you know it's true. In your heart of hearts, you know it was true. 
Just ask yourself, do you think any other ethnicity would have gotten away and did exactly what that white kid was able to been done? Just think about that. And if you know that it was a uh, straight up no, tell me what it is. If it's not white privilege, then you tell me what it is. Because I can tell you, it's white privilege. That's one. Two, if you are going to arrest the parents, you got to get something for the guidance counselor. You got to. You got to go after the school. The school's going to get hit with a civil suit. I understand that. They know exactly they're going to get hit with a civil suit. But you got to go after the guidance counselor. Because there's no way, and I mean no way, that the people in that school should have sent that kid back to that office after a legit day before hit with ammunition. Day later, the note that says, help me, the world is dead. Body with two bullet holes in it on the paper with a gun. There's no way that as a guidance counselor with all the years worth of training, you would have sent that kid back to the, back to the freaking classroom. There's no way on the world. None. There's four deaths here. They could have been prevented if the school would have did their job. Damn if the damn if the parents didn't want to take the kid back. You guys could have did your job effectively and had that kid sit in the office or call police up and take care of the problem. But you didn't. You guys call up child protect child protection services on everything else. I used to have I used to see people talk about how CPS will come to their home and just observe them because of something. Okay, we've seen it. I've heard stories of things far lesser than this. If the kid looks bummy, if the kid looks tired, if the kid was acting up in school, they'll call CPS on a person. And guess what ethnicity they usually were? Black. Guess what ethnicity they usually were? Hispanic. That I've seen. Personally, I have seen it. And you mean to tell me that they told the parents to the face that we are giving you 48 hours to get your kid some therapy, and if not, we're calling child protection services. That tells you right there the school is liable right there alone. Because they already knew that the kid was messed up in the head, that he needed some help. And you guys decided to send his tukus back to the school. You decided to send his tukus back to the classroom. That kid was tortured in his mind. That kid was tortured in his soul. Somebody was messing with that kid. Either it was at his house or it was somebody inside the schoolhouse was messing with him. And the teachers failed him. His parents failed him already. Let's not gonna go. I'm gonna call a spade a spade. His parents failed him already by not taking his ass home. The parents failed him already by not by giving him a gun instead of some actual help. The parents failed him already. Let's just call that already on his own. So the parents being in jail, that's the right move, period. But you mean to tell me that you're still thinking as the prosecutor, because the prosecutor has said that they're thinking about it. You mean to tell me that you're not going to try to clip the school, the guidance counselor for this? You mean to tell me that? If I was the parent of a kid that one of my kids were dead because of this, and I'm starting to hear things about it, and I'm already starting to hear, I would have already pieced this together, and I would have already one, two, piece up that guidance counselor for allowing this. I would have started doing something real erratic because my kid is dead, and you guys could have prevented it by not sending that kid back to the school, by not back to that classroom, by keeping his tuckus in the classroom. But you guys didn't do that. You guys were selfish. You guys didn't care. 
You guys don't care. You guys don't care until something bad has to happen. And ding dong, that day happened that exact same day after that meeting with the parents saying, nah, I'm keeping my kid inside the, inside the school. Again, I'm not mad that the parents got clipped for this. I'm not mad at, at all. The parents need to get clipped because they were told in advance the day before that the nigga was searching up ammunition and they were told literally hours before the kid did the shooting that, hey, yo, your kid wrote this. We're giving you 48 hours. At that moment, the parents should have said, you know what? I got to call up my job, take care of this, and explain it to them exactly what was going down of, yo, my kid did this. My kid's wild right now. I need to take care of this. But I'm going to get into the job aspect later or why they didn't happen. I'm going to get into that in a minute. But I still just want to focus and hone in on this. You mean to tell me, and this is me you talking to, that you guys, and I'm I'm trying to really pick my words real easy right here because I'm not trying to get all out of character here. I'm not trying to get all angry because I'm angry right now. <laughs> you mean to tell me that you guys seriously didn't see this coming? You guys mean to tell me you guys seriously didn't see this kid shooting up inside of, in, in that school? You guys didn't. Or did you guys not care? You guys simply just didn't care. You didn't. You didn't care. It's easy. It's okay to say that. You're going to sound like a dick, but it's okay to say, hey, we didn't care. We were too busy focusing on every other kid instead of this one kid. But here's the deal. Whenever one teacher is told, is telling people in the office, hey, yo, this kid wrote this, the office is now aware of that child. And then when the child gets pulled up into either the guidance counselor office, because apparently, again, they're throwing the guidance counselor under the bus and how about how the principal and the assistant principal didn't know nothing about this. So you mean to tell me the guidance counselor didn't tell the principal? You mean to tell me the guidance counselor didn't tell the assistant principal? You mean there was nobody else inside that schoolhouse besides that teacher and the guidance counselor that knew about this child? You mean to tell me there was nobody else in power that didn't know about this child inside that schoolhouse. If that's what you're trying to tell me, I can tell you're a liar. Off rip. I can tell you are a liar right now. Because right now, school systems talk. The schools talk. If you are a teacher, you know a student inside that schoolhouse that knows a couple students. And you know how it goes. It's telephone, tell a person. One message gets distributed off, and then guess what? It goes it goes awry. It gets told everywhere around the schoolhouse. Principals will know about it. Teachers will know about it. And the difference thing is, kids are going to talk about it much more. The teacher will hear it and then they'll disregard it because they're dealing with real world adult problems. And see, that's the problem right there. Whenever you're at the school, you got to put all your real world stuff off to the side because you're at your job. You got to actually look out for all these other children here. You got to do your actual job. You got to put a, I got family problems off to the side right now until you're breaking. Then you get back to that. You got to put any other type of issues that you have off to the side because right now you're at your actual job. And if something goes wrong at the job, guess what's going to happen? It's going to affect you in the long run, which 
right now, it could affect the guidance counselor in the long run. Because again, they're throwing the guidance counselor right under the bus. <sighs> I just want to know who upset this kid so much for him to think that his life was meaningless. Who upset the kid? Who bullied the kid? Because right now we're not hearing none of that. Right now, I know the kid's going to have a lawyer and I know that's going to come up in the trial. Why did you shoot the school? Why did you go up in there and start shooting? Why did you start unloading off? And 10 to 1 is going to say, I was bullied. And who was the person bullying him? Whether it's fabricated or not, let's just go off the idea that he was bullied. Because people are going to say, well, Gerald, he wasn't bullied because there would have been some type of report of saying he was bullied. Just hear me out and just roll with me for a minute. If the kid was bullied, who did it to him? We need to know this. The public needs to know about this because I'll say this again. You don't know what somebody's dealing with. Especially now, kids now are more, and I don't mean to say fragile, but they're more fizzled out more than kids of my generation. Kids of my generation, we didn't have, we grew up with the internet. We were holding hands side by side with the internet. You understand? So any type of new uh, website will come out, we will hear about it, and then we'll go on it and log on, and it'll be the same community from one community onto another, MySpace, and then the Facebook, and then the Facebook, then the Twitter, and then the Twitter to the Instagram. All the people that are popping right now, the influencers, the real, real big influencers, they're probably about my age, 25 and probably 26, 27, 28. These are the people that grew up with the internet, literally hand by hand. The internet wasn't already built up as this big titan as it is now for these children that are what? 18 and below. Matter of fact, yeah, 18 and below because my youngest brother's 23 and he also grew up with the internet with hand in hand. So, again, kids that are 18 and below, they already knew as soon as they were growing up about this titan known as the internet. And they were able to jump on and then they have to face off with these people that are on the internet right now that are making internet activity, social media so nasty and so, and I hate to use this buzzword, toxic. It is what it is. So, my generation, you still had kids going outside, playing basketball, ready to just hang around at the little rec uh, field. For me, we had a little, uh, God, a little f baseball field that everybody would go to to just have another free time before you had to go home. That was our little uh, habitat. We had to go. We have parks that you still could have went to. Kids actually did things outside. Kids now, not so much. If they do, guess what they're doing it on? They're doing it trying to get social media famous. They're trying to get famous off of social media. So they'll do some type of stupid trick. They'll try to do some prank. They'll try to do some type of thing outside. But they're doing it with the intent of trying to be famous instead of actually having fun. That's what my generation did. We would actually have fun outside. We were the last of the dying generation of kids going outside having fun. While this generation of kids, nah, we go outside and try to be famous. We're trying to get uh, internet famous. And even then... What what is the biggest thing now going on is cyberbullying. We didn't have that. Again, growing up hand to hand with the internet, if somebody was bullying you, you get bullied to face to face, and then when you go home, hey, 
that was done. You didn't see your bully until you went back to school the next day, and that was it. Now kids are literally seeing their bully 24-7. You get bullied face-to-face, -face, and then now you, if you go on social media, you get bullied by either your bully or people on the internet that you have never seen in the day of your life that just decided to start bullying you and harassing you on the internet. For me, I have never been harassed or anything, but I've always heard stories about people, people being harassed on the internet. My quick theory is, hey man, the internet's not real. Don't worry about it. Just flip, turn it off or go to YouTube or something else. <laughs> Certain people can't deal with that. Certain people read the comments. Certain people actually engage with people back and forth on the internet, and that's a dangerous thing to do. But getting back to my thing, this kid was straight up 15. Ethan Crumbly was 15. He came to school and he started shooting up. I just don't understand how the school didn't take precautions to this. That exact day, if the parents said, nah, we're not taking my kid home, how on God's green as a school institution do you allow that to happen? Do you allow to throw that kid right back into the classroom? Apparently, they did it because they didn't care. I'll make it straight up simple for you. They did not care. And with that, you now have four kids that are dead because of your negligence. The parents already are negligent. By definition, they're negligent, period. There's no if, ands, or but. The school is where I have a problem with. I will give blame to everybody included. The kid, he gives blame for bringing the gun to school and starts shooting up. I want to know who messed with that kid. Because again... I need to know that is a serious thing. Bullying is a serious thing because people's and especially younger kids are much more fragile than people of my decade, people of my era and the eras before me. It seems that as we're getting older, the generation of my generation are having kids that are getting, and I hate to use this and I hate to say this, we're getting our kids soft. Yes, we used to have kids bullying us. Yes, we used to have fights at the school. Now it no longer is fights anymore. It ain't that anymore. We're going to shoot you. People don't fight anymore. And I'm not encouraging fighting, but it's true. It is what it is. I'm not saying nothing wrong. I'm telling you exactly how it is. People now are having their kids. Kids are shooting each other instead of throwing the fade, throwing the fair one, actually having a fight with each other and calling it quits after that. There were elder statesmen. You can look back and you'll hear from older people. Ask your mother and your fathers how the people at school used to handle their problems. And they'll tell you they used to get into fights. And they'll call it quits after that. Now, kids, hey, man, this kid say something about me. I'm going to hold on to that. I'm, it's going to mess with me mentally. And it's going to constantly tick me off until I have to do something. And then more than less, is usually some type of... <laughs> School shooting and school shootings are very, very not wildfire. It doesn't happen all the time, but when it happens, you know what caused it. There are kids right now that will commit suicide because of getting bullied so much instead of fighting their bully because guess what? Either their bully's too big or either they can't because inside their self, their mental health are telling them they can't fight this person because they're having internal struggles with themselves. This kid wrote it on there. Help me help me he wrote it on the paper and the school and the parents failed him so this kid
took action. He shot up people in the school, and now he's in jail. His parents are in jail next to him, and somebody inside that school got to get somebody got to get it. Somebody in that school got to go. Again, they're throwing the bus under. They're throwing the guidance counselor under the bus for this. And I just have the question: Do you guys think that the school should be held responsible this responsible for this criminally, not civil suit? Civil suits always happen, and the school always pays out to the parents. Money is not going to bring back your freaking fourteen year old, your sixteen year old, your seventeen year old that that they didn't get to enjoy life. They didn't get to die at 41 like Virgil, who had cancer, who actually got to live his life out at least some and attain what he was able to obtain. They didn't die at the age of 81 like Jacqueline Avan, who had a burglary, but she was able to live a life of 81 years living. These kids died at 14, 16, and 17. Their life hasn't even begun. It wasn't even remotely close to even starting. And they died because of school negligence. Again, somebody in that school has to pay for this. It has to either be the teacher. It has to be the guidance counselor. Damn it, somebody has to go. Somebody. It just doesn't make sense how the parents of the shooter is the only person, only person of authority that's going to be charged and not the guidance counselor. And not the teacher, the teacher that was aware of the note and told the guidance counselor, nah, I ain't rolling. This one, I'm going to keep a nice, good, watchful eye on because, again, this doesn't make sense to me. Again, how on God's green have you, a person of power, decided to send that kid back? It just doesn't make sense to me. The only thing I can always say and revert it back to is white privilege because if there was any other minority that would have done this, it wouldn't have went down this way. This school shooting definitely wouldn't have happened. Nowhere across the board. None. So again, I'm going to keep an eye on this. But I said I was going to talk to you about the whole idea about work and the parents say we had to go back to work. Listen to me and listen to me well. There is no job on the planet that's going to stop you if you really cared about your kid that much from you really taking your kid home and having those difficult and honest conversations with them. There's no job on the world. I just hate to tell you that. No, no, I don't hate to tell you. I love to tell you that because I'm already on the idea and on the wave that there's no job that's going to tell me, hey, yo, you you can't take a break. Man, suck something. I'm going to tell you that right now. There's no job that's going to hold me hostage from me doing what I want to do. Yes, I'm going to do what needs to be done at the job. But whenever I feel that I need to take a break or whenever I feel that something's not right, nah, I'm going to say something and I'm going to do something about it because guess what? I feel that way. And for these parents to say, hey, yo, I had a job. We had jobs. And my kid has to stay at the school. Nah, 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 nah. You saw the note right dead in your face and you still picked your job over your child. That's the reason why I already know, and that's the reason why I'm not putting that much sauce on the parents. The parents were garbage. The parents picked their job over their kid. I can't, nah, nah. The parents are in jail for a reason, so there it is. They should have did better. They shouldn't have bought the gun for their kid because, again, a little part of me says that the parents knew what was going to go down. A little part of me knows and saying to myself that, hey, yo, the parents knew that the kid was going to go there and start shooting up that school. That note, when they saw it, they weren't surprised by that. Because you could tell. Whenever they, whenever they were 
whenever the people are telling us that, hey, yo, they say keep the kid inside the school, they were thinking that something like this was going to go down. They at least had a inkling, allegedly, I got to put a legend in there, allegedly, that they will have some type of idea like some of this will happen. So I'm not going to put too much sauce on the parents being blamed because the parents are being blamed and that's where it should be thrown onto because the parents should have took their kid and gone home with that little something, understand? And got him some help because again, I still want to know who was messing with him and what type of mental issues was he dealing with because boy oh boy, again, a sane human being that was had a rightful upbringing doesn't do this. I already told you guys the story before of me almost spiking a pencil behind a guy's head who had a fresh cut bald head with a sharpened pencil. I told you, I already told you the story a couple mad episodes ago, but I was raised up in a house that told me, hey, yo, if you end up doing something stupid at the crib, at the school, I'm going to tear you up once you get home. You understand me? I was raised up with parents that instruct fear into me for not doing something stupid. And with that fear, guess what? It brought me up into the man that I am today, a man that respects myself, a man that respects and knows what the consequences of my actions are going to be if I happen to do them. That's the reason why I always am always credited with, hey, this kid's a good kid. You raised him right. There have been people saying this to my parents. As a matter of fact, whenever my parent had to go to the school and talk to the principal, they will always excuse me out of the freaking principal's office and I would sit out there and my mom would tell me hey they would say you are not like any other parent because the parent will keep their kid in there to hear exactly what the parent got to say towards the principal and my mother informed me later in life that the reason why she did this is because she wanted to keep the kid as a kid don't raise him up so quick because life is already hard as it is when you become an adult this kid didn't have that good upbringing as I did. So that's the reason why I can't really, and I mean so much, really get upset at this kid because his parents failed him. His parents failed him. And that's why the parents are arrested right now. So I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. But as a person that's looking at it bigger than just the parents, I want to see where do we go with the school systems because the school systems know who is being messed with? The school systems know what kid is being bullied, what kid is being neglected, what kid is this and that in the third, what kid is popular, what kid's the kiss butt, what kid's this, da 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 da. The kids know it and the people in charge, the school, the teachers know it. So the teachers knew that this kid was troubled. Somebody has to tell me, hey yo, somebody got to inform me of something. Somebody got to inform the people some. I'll be waiting for the trial because when the trial happens, I guarantee you one of the questions is going to be asked, who, why did you take the school to the gun to uh, school? And if he says somebody was bullying me, 10 to 1, that's exactly what he's going to say. It wouldn't shock me at all. It wouldn't shock me at all. Understand? So I'm going to keep my eye on this one. I really, truly am. All right? And again, I'm sorry if I upset anybody. I truly am. But I want you guys to think about this. Don't just easily eat up exactly what the media is telling you that, hey, his parents got arrested. Hey, he took the gun to school. No, I want you guys to think just deeper than surface level. Dig deeper and think deeper. Why did he bring that gun to school? Why did this school keep his butt in the freaking classrooms instead of keeping him in the office or calling up the police? Why? 
you always going to revert back to straight up is always going to be back to the first thing, white privilege, because any other ethnicity would have did this. It wouldn't have even gotten that far. The next thing that you're going to have to think about is just why isn't the school being charged with criminal charges? Somebody from the school, because again, that is a criminal act is negligence. If the parents are being charged with involuntary manslaughter, because they allow their kid to stay at the schoolhouse. You mean to tell me that the schoolhouse, <laughs> the schoolhouse people in charge didn't and aren't are going to be charged because of this? Nah, nah, nah. I'm not rolling with this. It doesn't feel right in my own soul. Nah, 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 nah. These people got to get clipped for this. These people got to get arrested for this. They got to get hit with the exact same involuntary manslaughter. If my kid was dead because of this, I'll be asking for this, especially with news keep on coming out about it. So again, I'm going to keep my eyes directly on this one, and we're going to see how this uh unfolds. Now, with the next topic I want to talk about, it's talking about Chris Cuomo being suspended from uh, CNN, and CNN has no idea what their future lies, and here's here's what I've been told, not told, but here's what I'm reading from TheHill.com. Chris Cuomo is facing an uncomfortable, well, an uncertain uh, future at CNN following his suspension from anchoring duties this week. The network's suspension of Cuomo over his efforts to help his brother, former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, deal with his sexual harassment allegations has riled the outlet internally sent conservative critics into a gleeful frenzy and sparked debates about ethical standards in national media. This wasn't just brothers talking about their lives or even about politics. Eliza Batista, campaign director at Ultraviolet, a leading national gender justice organization, said in a statement released before the suspension. This was a major network news anchor actively working to support the former governor of New York in pushing back against sexual harassment allegation, and downgrading survivors of abuse. CNN should immediately sever ties with Chris Cuomo. Anything less is unacceptable and farther harms survivors of sexual abuse. CNN is conducting a review of Cuomo's conduct and has not given a timeline on how long this will take or how it will ultimately be well, taken care of. The network did not respond to a request for additional comment late this week. Cuomo has been a leading star for the network, but his cozy interviews in 2020 with his brother, who at the time was riding a wave of positive media for a hand for his handling of the coronavirus is looking worse and worse with the passing of time. All right, they're going to go into more other things, but here's the deal. Chris Cuomo is being suspended now by CNN. Okay, we knew that he was already uh, helping his brother out. This was months ago that it was reported that he was helping his brother out. So I want to know what did they find? What made them say, hey, yo, uh, we are going to suspend him? As a matter of fact, right here, CNN itself reported on Tuesday that Cuomo's suspension came after staffers at the network had internally expressed dismay at the anchor's conduct. Fellow CNN anchor Anderson Cooper anchored Cuomo's 9 o'clock hour that evening and will do so for the duration of his suspension, which is indefinite, the network said. You have some colleagues here at CNN who are mad at Chris Cuomo for putting the network in a tough spot and wanted to see action. The CNN chief media correspondent, Brian Stidler, said on the network's morning program, New Day, on Wednesday following the suspension. See, but with that right there, okay, Chris Cuomo's staffers were upset at how the network 
dealt with this. So the network decided to say, hey, yeah, we're going to suspend you now. Oh, no, right here. The suspension followed the release of previous undisclosed documents from New York uh, State's gov uh, Attorney General's office, which investigated the claims against the ex-governor, nearly a dozen women. Oh, my God. The newly released documents, including text messages and transcripts of an interview between the anchor and the state investigators, suggested Chris Cuomo worked closely with the aides to his brother to protect him. Duh! In one text message sent in March, Melissa Del uh, Rosa, who was among the former governor's closest confidants, asked Chris Cuomo to check with his sources at media outlets about any additional women who might be talking to journalists or considering coming forward with claims against the governor. Cuomo responded to DeRosa over the text that he would do so. The documents shown and confirmed to her in a subsequent message that after following up with the sources, with his sources, no one has heard that yet. In another text message, Chris texted DeRosa that he received a lead on the wedding girl in an apparent reference to a woman who had publicly alleged that the former governor touched her inappropriately during a wedding they were photographed at. The release of the documents, which CNN said it had not previously seen, led directly to Cuomo's suspension. A network spokesman said that said they raised serious questions. When Chris admitted to us that he had offered advice to his brother's staff, he broke our rules and we acknowledged that publicly. The spokesperson said, but we also appreciated the unique position he was in and understood his need to put family first and job second. However, these documents point to a greater level of involvement in his brother's efforts than we previously knew. Oh, get out of here. Suck a raspberry, dog. Y'all knew about it. You guys knew. Quit it. Quit it now. For the love of God. I hate. See, this is what it goes back to. You guys throw somebody under the bus after you guys already knew about it. You guys knew about it. Going right back to the school shooter. The school knew about it. And so now after the effects have happened now, oh, 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 we got to throw somebody underneath the bus. Uh, uh, not the principal, not the assistant principal, uh, the guidance counselor. This is going back to CNN now. Uh, we knew about it, but, uh, uh, we got to, uh, um, uh, we're going to say that staff is upset. Huh? Huh? You guys are going to say that the staff is upset at the network, which led to Chris Cuomo getting suspended. And then you're going to throw out about documents saying that he uh, talked to one of his brother's confidants to find out and hear about if anybody has been talking to the journalism. Oh, get out of here. You knew that was happening. You knew it. And CNN even said that they appreciated the type of uh, spot that put Chris Cuomo in. Cuomo had to put family before job. Everybody that's family unit, everybody that believes in that family unit, that close, tight family unit is going to do that. So you mean to tell me that CNN is truly upset at Chris Cuomo, really? Or are they upset about the backlash about now it's been affirmed to the public? I wish the public knew. To be honest, these documents don't mean nothing. These documents don't mean diddle squat to me. The man already served out his suspension, and now you're suspending him again. This man said that he couldn't talk about his brother on air. You guys were able to roll with that. When he took off on vacation, as they would like to say, on vacation, instead of just saying suspended him for that week or two, you guys were cool with him coming back on air. 
let's just call a spade a spade, dog. You guys were embarrassed again that these documents came out, but you guys feel like you guys got to do something because of public outrage. Let's call it a spade a spade, dog. You guys knew about it. You guys were cool with it. Documents came out, and now you're trying to look for a scapegoat, so now we got to suspend Chris Cuomo indefinitely. I ain't with it. I'm not cool with it. You guys knew about it, so CNN, nut up and take some of that responsibility, dog. You let him back on the air. You guys should have just suspended him indefinitely off-rip to begin with. Don't say, well, these new documents show that he was... Nah, shut up. You guys knew about it, allegedly. I gotta put throw that out there again, because if I don't, I'll get sued. Alleged. So, allegedly, you knew about it. I'm gonna say you guys knew about it, personally, me. I feel that you guys knew about it, and now you guys are just doing this for public outrage. So, again, watch what you're doing. Take care of it when you first hear about it. Don't wait until now the public. No, 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 no. You got to take care of that as soon as you hear about it. The first drop, the first trickle effect happens. Nick that directly in the butt so you won't have to deal with the fallout after the fact. So that's how I feel about this Chris Cuomo thing. All right. And <laughs> finally, 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 I know you guys are tired of hearing it, but I got to talk about it. We got a new variant around here for the COVID-19. All right. And it's the Omicron variant. And apparently 12 states now have somebody identified with the freaking variant. I don't know much about the variant, but apparently the cases of uh, the new variant were identified by late Friday. The people that have it now is somebody in California, somebody in Colorado, somebody in Hawaii, uh, somebody in Louisiana, Maryland, Minnesota, Missouri, uh, Nebraska, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, and Utah, according to health officials. All right. Listen here and listen well. I don't know what to tell y'all. Understand? I don't know what to tell you guys at all. Only thing I can tell you is to keep washing your hands. Keep uh, a good hygiene. Keep wearing a mask on your face. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not going to preach to you to get the shot because how that would be me being a hypocrite to you. That would be me literally being a hypocrite to you because you're going to say, how are you preaching getting the shot and you haven't gotten the shot? You're exactly right. So you're going to have to do what's best for you. Continue to always wash your hands. That's something that we're not ever going to disagree about. Continue to do that. Continue to wear your mask. I'm not disagreeing with anybody at all. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to say, yeah, take off the mask. No, 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 no. Whether you vaccinated or unvaccinated, you got to keep that mask on. Period. You got to keep it on. And now with the shots, listen here. I'm going to throw out my opinion. And we're going to go about it the way that we're going to go about it as a family as a people that's going to have disagreements and agree with time to time. Here's my opinion here. This whole COVID thing, this whole vaccine thing to me, G2, only me. I do not trust it yet. That's just me. This vaccine is not going to protect me. You need to talk to your health officials. You need to talk to your doctor. Can this vaccine even help you at all? Can your body even accept this vaccine at all? You need to talk to a doctor. Don't just go off fear because, hey, the vaccine, the COVID's out here and the new variant's out here. Get the shot. Get the shot. That's what's being preached to everybody right now. I'm telling you to talk to your doctor. Talk to people that actually know your history, your medical history. Talk to them and see, is the vaccine 
worthy for your body, is needed for your immune system. Please do that. Don't just go off of, hey, get the vaccine, get the vaccine, because that's what everybody's doing. Don't do that. Go to your doctor, talk to them. Me, I don't trust the vaccine yet because, as you can tell now, we have another COVID variant. And before that one, we had another one. It was called the Delta variant. And before that, it was for it was COVID-19 now. Dog, listen here. When the vaccine came out, you had one, you had a shot that you had to take twice. You had to take the first shot, then two weeks later, you had to get the other shot. And then they introduced the actual, another shot that you actually could do one shot or do it all. You don't have to take two shots, okay? Those are your two options. Now they're giving you a booster shot. So whether you have the two shots or the one shot, you got to get the booster shot. And now they're saying you got to take another shot now because of, for this uh, Omicron variant. Dog, listen, you guys are injecting so many things into your body that I don't even know if they know what they're doing. Me personally, that's just my opinion. I am not a doctor. I am not a man that, of science uh, that knows about the medicine like that. I don't know. So do not take my word as gospel. But just hear me out again. I don't know. This is just to me. I believe that they're just putting a lot of things in you at this credible moment to see which one pans out. Does this drug work? Does this formula work? If so, okay, let's test it out on these many people. Da 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 da. Listen again. Do what's best for you. Don't succumb to fear. Do what's best for you. I hate to sound like people say, Joe, you're an anti-vaxxer. No, 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 no. I'm never, ever, ever going to crap and say, you shouldn't do it. Nah. I said, just talk to your health provider, talk to your doctor, and let that be your signal for if you should do it or if you shouldn't. Please do that. Don't go off of just fear. Go to your actual doctor and your health provider, and you will... Figure that out amongst yourself. Okay? And with that being said, please always wear your mask. Please wash your hands. Please just keep a good hygiene. That's at least the least you actually can do. Because, again, we don't know how this is going to work. We don't know how this is going to pan out. But at least one thing you do know, at least keeping a mask on your face, hey, you at least have a shot. I know for a fact I'm keeping a mask on my face, and I've always felt good for this whole entire time for the past last year and this year. I've been doing good. I've been feeling good. I haven't been coming to any circumno symptoms, especially me coming going to uh, in-person schooling this semester when the semester is about to end now. I have had no like ill feelings, even with me usually being the sick child of my family. I've been feeling good. I've been doing what I do. So I've been feeling straight. So again, don't listen to me. Just hear me out. But listen to your actual doctor and you will, you and your doctor will figure that out amongst yourselves. And ultimately, it always will come down to you, whether you feel comfortable taking the shot, whether you feel comfortable not taking the shot. It all comes down to you as the person that's going to have to deal with whatever choices that you make. OK, and with that, I would like to say uh, I will be covering next week. I'll be covering the Jazeel Maxwell case. And I will be starting to cover the Dante Wright case. If you don't know Dante Wright, that was the case of the uh, woman police officer that shot um, Dante Wright whenever she said she was looking for a taser, but she shot him. So now he's uh, dead. I will be covering that because they just now got this week. They got uh, the jury for 
her trial that's going to be set up, and I think it's going to start uh, this week, and I will be giving you guys updates on that next week. But with that, let me get you guys out of here. Um, my social media links on Twitter, you can find me at, at my2podcast. Instagram, my2centspodcast, G2. Email, you can email me at my2centspod at yahoo.com. Remember, this email for anything you want to talk to me about. If you disagree with what I said, hey, you can email me there. If you agree with what I said, and if you think I should have went deeper and you got more information about a topic, you can email me there. If you feel depressed, uh, because remember, this is now holiday time. People are getting into their emotional bag because they don't have certain individuals that used to be here. Hey, you can contact me and we can have a conversation or I could be your listening wall. This email is for you, the listening people. I'm here strictly for you. Don't think that you got to end it all or you got to do something uh, outrageous to gather somebody's attention. Email me, please email me. I am here. Okay. Um, I want to thank Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, uh, Audible, and um, I believe, did I say Apple's a uh, Podbean? I believe those, I believe that's where I went to. Anyway, I want to thank all these uh, podcast stations because, again, they could easily kick me off because, boy, oh, boy, do I be saying certain uh, things that I don't think a lot of people agree with, but, hey, I'm glad that they have still kept me here and they still kept me uh to you guys listening ears so i'm glad for that so and you can always look for past and future episode future episodes on podbeam apple's apple podcast google podcast amazon music and audible these where you can find uh past episodes and future episodes of this podcast and remember if you are a wrestling fan i am going to be covering uh nxt's war games tomorrow Yes, tomorrow you'll be able to hear it because the pay-per-view will happen tonight. It's on Peacock. Get it. It's five bucks if you're a wrestling fan. If you're not, hey, that's fine and cool. I just want to just let you know what I'm going to be doing. Uh, And with that, always remember. I love you. 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 And I do truly love you. Don't think what I said today as something wrong or I was just trying to be controversial. Again, it's just me and how I feel. And uh, I believe people need to understand that because everybody is different out here in these worlds. But again, uh, I want everybody to have a great Sunday. I want everybody to have a great week. Today, this week is finals weeks for college students, including myself. Please pray for everybody that has to do their finals because boy, do we need it. And boy, do I need it. Um... And with that, I do love you all. This isn't goodbye. This is until you hear this sweet sounding voice again. This has been G2. He is I and I am him. Have a great Sunday. And Kanye, can you please take these people home? I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.